All right, what's going on, everybody? Uh, before we get to today's podcast, uh, I just wanted to take a minute um, to let you guys know that you can now uh, get yourselves a copy of the newest edition of Pacific Coast Golf Guide Magazine, Volume 23. Um, I would say it's out, but I don't really know. It's not really available uh, in the traditional sense. So if you guys are unfamiliar, um, for the last 22 years, um, my family has published uh, Golf Guide, which then became Wine Country Golf Guide, which then became Bay Area Golf Guide, which then became the Northern California Golf Guide, which evolved into the California Golf Guide, and is now the Pacific Coast Golf Guide. And it provides readers with information on every single golf course on the West Coast, as long as well as a couple of editorials. Um, uh, and this year, we have a great article by Garrett Morrison, uh, managing editor of the Fried Egg, about some of the best golf destinations on the West Coast uh, for golf architecture fans. We have an article uh, written by yours truly uh, about some of you know the different uh, golf courses and developments that are being built and that are either going to be opening this year or next year around the West Coast. Uh, we have another article that kind of you know breaks down all the potential benefits of CBD for golfers and how it can benefit them and as well as a bunch of other stuff and it's really cool and the problem with it has been we've actually had these magazines for a few weeks now but because of the COVID-19 pandemic and the subsequent closure of all the golf courses across California um, we have not really had a means to get them out there so golfers like yourself can pick it up and put it to good use so um, after kind of mulling it over for a little while we've decided that what we're going to try to do is we're going to see uh, and try to mail the magazines to anybody who wants one. And we're also going to try to raise some money for a good cause in the process. So as of right now, um, you can actually go to Golf Guy's website. Uh, right now, you'd have to click on the Info tab at the top and go to Products. And uh, you'll, you'll see the you know Volume 23 COVID Relief Fund right there. We're going to try to make it so it's available on the homepage, but you can also access it um, in the information of this podcast, as well as on all of our social media platforms, whether it be Facebook, Twitter. Uh, we're going to have something, a post on Instagram there probably tomorrow as well that'll also provide you with links as a way to get there. But essentially what we're asking for is, um, normally Golf Guide is a free publication and it's still going to be so once we're allowed to actually go out and you know deliver magazines to golf courses we are certainly going to do that and they will be available free of charge for you to pick up and use however until that point we wanted to try and you know turn this into a positive so what we're doing is on the website we are basically we're asking for a five dollar donation uh and what we're going to do then is if for everybody that provides a five dollar donation via golfguide.net we're going to mail you a copy of volume 23 of pacific coast golf guide but then we're going to take all the proceeds and we are going to donate them to Glen Eagles Golf Course in San Francisco, which is um, a, a golf course near and dear to many of our hearts. It's one of the certainly most challenged, but also one of just the coolest um, golf courses in all the Bay Area. It's got, you know, an old school hustler type vibe that's just, you know, it, it's <laughs> it's just not that common among golf courses nowadays. And it's just really awesome. But because of the shelter in place orders and you know the mandatory closures of the golf course, Glen Eagles is not supported by the city of San Francisco. Uh, in like all the other courses like Sharp Park, uh, Harding Park, Lincoln Park, all, all those guys, they all receive funding from San Francisco as a city-owned course. Well, even though the city owns Glen Eagles, their owner and operator is basically responsible for every single cost associated with keeping the place open. And because he has no revenue coming in uh, because of the mandatory shelter-in-place orders, there is the threat that the golf course may be forced to actually shut down permanently. And it is a Again, it is a really historic place. It was designed by Jack Fleming, who we wrote a, a large article about. Our friend Brett Hochstein uh, wrote in last year's uh, Pacific Coast Golf Guide 
all about Glenn Eagles and Jack Fleming and the history and the legacy that he left in Northern California. And um, it, it would just be an absolute shame to see that place shut down. So all the proceeds that we make um, from selling these golf guides on our website for five bucks, we're going to donate them to the Glen Eagles GoFundMe account. And then we're also going to be taking a portion of those proceeds and putting them towards the Bannon Dunes Caddy Relief Fund, which is providing uh, money for the caddies at Bannon Dunes who are right now without work, again, due to all the shelter in place with orders. So uh, we're, we're trying to take this negative, spin it into a positive as a way to raise money for a couple of golf organizations that are really in need um, at this time. And uh, so by doing so, th- you know, you know, through us, we can get you a new copy of the magazine before the golf courses reopen. That'll get you nice and juiced and uh, excited for, you know, hopefully whenever that day is that golf courses are allowed to reopen. Um, so, again, if you want to find out um, or if you want to, you know, donate those five bucks, get a new copy of Pacific Coast Golf Guide magazine and also help out Glen Eagles and the Bandon Caddy Relief Fund. Uh, I really encourage you guys to either visit the notes of this podcast episode also, you can go to golfguide.net, info, products, COVID relief fund. I know it's a little complicated. We're going to try to get that link to the homepage here in the next couple of days. Um, and then also, you can find those links on any of Golf Guide's social media channels, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, yeah, everybody, we're, we're, I'm hoping this works. You know, the best case scenario is that we get uh, a bunch of these magazines out to folks um, so that, you know, you have a little something to read, something to look forward to. Um, it also would really help uh, me not having, you know, tens of thousands of magazines just sitting outside of my office uh, <laughs> waiting to go out and get distributed. So it uh, it really helps everybody. And again, um, most importantly, you're helping a good cause with Glen Eagles and the Bandon Cat Relief Fund. So uh, with all that being said, I know it was long winded. Um, you know, I got a great podcast for you guys. Um, so I, I certainly don't want to put that off any longer, but I really do appreciate um, you guys taking the time to listen and thank you in advance to all the people that are going, you know, to take advantage of this and help out Glenn Eagles, the Bannon Cat Relief Fund. So, uh, with that all being said, and without any further delay, let's get to Boat and I on, may I say, one of the very best and most fun episodes that we have done to date of the Golf Guide podcast. <laughs> All right, golfing nerds, welcome back to another episode of the Golf Guide Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Serlo, here with my partner in crime, um, the, the the most lovable man in Bennett Valley. Uh, the, the guy is not not only an assistant <laughs> golf professional, but is a, just a purveyor of waves. Uh, Boat, aka Chess Mac Boat. Uh, in the, in these crazy times, man, it is very refreshing to be back with you, my friend. Absolutely. Hey, you got to spread those smiles, Kyle. You got to spread those smiles. So, I, being that we are, you know, a, a a golf podcast boat, and you know, so much of golf is you know tackling the mental game. You know, mm-hmm. being away from the golf course, um, you seem to be really just absolutely thriving. You know, mentally, uh, metaphysically, um, due to this just incredible routine you've got going. Um, I, do, do you mind sharing with the listeners kind of what your your, your daily exercise <laughs> routine is right now to keep yourself mentally fresh during the you know during the golfing hiatus that we're all going through? Yeah, we're we're not we're not quite jogging yet. Uh, I think <laughs> the J might be silent, but um, uh, due to some bone spur issues, it's still just a brisk Obviously. walk. Um, but 
Yeah, you know, you, you start out uh, on Horseshoe, and I always like kicking an old school, going through uh, Strawberry. So I add a few steps going that way. The local ele- I, I, the local elementary school for all yeah. the folks, not, uh, n- yeah. not from the, the North Bay. The former Glory Days basketball court. Yes. So, um, and then I go through there, and then I go left on Summerfield. So I'm heading uh, heading north on Summerfield. I used to walk through Benna Valley, but uh, not a lot of wave opportunities on the golf course, Kyle. <laughs> so... Now we uh, we stick to the main streets in Bennett Valley. So I'll go down there, and then I'll, uh, you know, typically go all the way down to Montgomery. Just uh, think about turning right to get a Lepe's burrito, but I always turn left. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, I'll go back down Yulupa, and then I'll go all the way to Bethard's, back to uh, Summerfield. And then depending on how many – kcals i want to burn that day uh either go back to montgomery or cut off at sonoma sometimes even hoeing uh if the dogs are barking kyle and then uh you know back to the honey hole on yulupa and then uh i always i I, i'm starting to think i might have ocd a little bit because i want to turn down creekside and get to my get to my shoe right but i i just i keep going um Sometimes I make it all the way to Bethard's. Sometimes I make it to whatever the one is between Creekside and Bethard's. Um, talk about, I don't know. I don't know. Talk about maybe. Um, <laughs> and uh, But I always have to come back through Strawberry. I mean, it's, it's a good starting and a good ender. It's a nice it's, bookend to any walk. Uh, to be honest, I, I need to check on Coach Arrow's garage because uh, I got you. Um, he's a big fan of leaving his garage open for like 24 hours a day for weeks on end. We certainly like that. So I'm on a thread with uh, Zach Tiedemann and Robbie Burrows and uh, Coach Simonek and uh, uh, Jordan Borowitz. And um, you know, I'll send them updates just to, to let them know kind of where Arrow's at um, based on his garage door either being – like eight days ago, maybe nine days ago, halfway open. I don't know. I don't know what that means. Next time I see him, I'm definitely asking. Uh, but it's a, it's kind of like a running joke. The guy, he just, uh, and it's not like he doesn't have, I mean, he's got a full garage. He's just the most trustworthy coach in Bennett Valley. The guy is just not worried about any possessions being. And d- Kyle, I, I sorry to interrupt. Please, no, you're not interrupting the, at all. So he's on the corner. He's got the most beautiful wraparound lawn that is thick-bladed fescue. Oof. And I don't know if he does it himself. I've never seen him do it himself. If he does, he does it at like the break of dawn, right? But if he has a guy, that guy should be on a staff somewhere because his lawn is immaculate. Interesting. You don't think there's? I a, mean, immaculate. You don't think any of the uh, the maintenance or uh, the maintenance guys at uh, BV are just moonlighting as you know? Uh, lawn, I gotta believe that's maybe a possibility. Time? Okay. Um, okay. That's maybe a possibility. Hopefully, it is because they're highly talented and the best in the business. Hundred percent. But um, you know, so that's that's my walk. Uh, start and uh, starts and ends with uh, garage door updates uh, for Coach Arrow. Good. Um, and then uh, you know, it's usually feeling like absolute poop for like an hour and the you know the dogs are just barking at i was me. gonna say Bumpers that, that, that is just a, jumping through the skin that is a pretty king size walk i mean do, do you do you know it's, i mean it, have, have it, you clocked eight, it to, in? Eight, eight to ten miles that's, eight to ten miles a day that's not nothing that's, that's, yeah I'm if, not gonna if lie. i push I, 10 if i push 10 then it's like i only want to do like six or seven the next day you know what i mean right. so my honey hole is like eight nine 
it's getting it's getting further and further. You know, as the as the OLBs uh, drift off there, they're, Kyle. They're, but, just, uh, they're just melting right off. Now, I was going to say, are are you out there just purely taking in the sights and sounds that the city of oh. Santa Rosa has to offer, or are you are you locked in with podcast or music Kyle, or what's Kyle. No, no headphones. Ooh, Straight volume all the way up. Pandora in the sweatshirt front pocket. I like that. I am. My head is on a swivel. I'm available. I don't <laughs> miss anyone. If you're, you know, if you're passing me, you're going with me, you know, with the grain and I get a honk, I'm on it immediately. But I'd say, I, I'd say probably the top reactions are the real excited waves from the people I know. I like that. You know what I mean? Of course. But then you get some surprise reactions. Like you get the guys that are like, you know, just like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 I got a wave. And then you get some people that are just so stoic. They'll literally just do the 90 degree head turn and be like, what is this Looney Tune doing here? <laughs> just judging me. <laughs> judging me. I'll text those guys on the thread and be like, hey, the crazy guy got out and be vegan. <laughs> God is fucking great. Because, I mean, it is it is a really aggressive wave. And, you know, if there's a row of, like, seven, eight cars in a row, I don't have time to build it up like I like I well, uh, displayed yeah. in my video. Of um, course, of course. It's, it's, it's 100% for, like, 10, 12 seconds. So the arms are uh, arms are feeling pretty good, too, Kyle. I, w- I would imagine so. Now, I got to tell you, man, I'm a little surprised. I, I, I guess I shouldn't be that surprised, but I love that you're going with the aggressive, like, Vote, you know, music out for the people type thing. You're, 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 because a lot of times that can backfire, you know, because I've noticed a lot of people that, you know, that I've seen lately that have gone, you know, the boom box and like the basket at the front of their bike, you know, playing, yeah. playing the music at a high volume. A lot of times they don't seem to be choosing a genre or a type of music that's palatable to the masses. It's, it's usually, so oddly enough, it's usually very aggressive. And I, I can yeah. see it, it, it works. That's if it's not something, me. You know me. I'm yeah. not aggressive. Oh, no. Except yeah. in my wave. Obviously. Um, obviously. I mean, how, how else are you supposed to get the kind of reaction that you get without a really pleasantly aggressive wave? You know, there's actually uh, a couple of, um, of really nice ladies that I've walked past just about every day for the last two, two and a half weeks. And uh, about four days ago, you know, they, they kind of stopped me dead in my tracks and they said, what, what station is that you listen to? And I said, it's, it's Mr. Mr. On Pandora. <laughs> um, it's, it's got everything that a guy could want on a, on a 10 mile jaunt. Um, you know, between that and the step tracker, I'm losing about 45 to 48% of my battery on these, on these jaunts. So if I really decide to get after it and get back down to my fighting weight, that might be an issue. Okay. Um, but I might have to go get one of those super heavy, uh, batteries, you know, there's like the super powered ones, the, like the, the external battery, the one that yes. I mean, you know what though? Hey, that is a great, I mean, it's like, Hey, what, what's wrong with your battery? Dude, my, my walks were just too long. You know, I don't let's, know let's... if that's in my price point. Um, but, um, you know, we're, we're, we're cutting things back around here, oh, but, uh, I love it. Yeah, no, it's uh, so yeah. And, and it's, I feel like it's an inviting radio station. Like you said, I'm not trying to intimidate my fellow Bennett Valley walkers. Certainly not. I mean, it's a, it's a very in, peaceful in our valley, community. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, everybody's trying to get through a pandemic right now. You, you don't want to throw some shouty, you know, aggressive, you know, aggressive music in their face. They're, they're just trying to survive. I would say the most aggressive I go on is Eric Church Radio. Oof. Maybe. I mean, not even um, that's and that's that's dude, that's PG-13 at, it, at, at the most. And so and that's uh, only intense if you're just not if you're not a person that likes to spend time in Talladega. I mean, that, that's all yeah. it is. That's just nothing. Yeah. yeah. So I mean it's uh it, it's I really like uh really like Mr. Mister. It's uh I love it on the golf course too. 
Uh, Love it on the golf course. It's a strong choice. Now, with all these, uh, you know, obviously you're getting a lot of uh, you're getting a lot of waves. I, I assume yeah. you're getting a lot of honks as well. A lot of car honks. The honks are building. The honks are okay. building. Uh, I think that that wave will continue to build. Uh, pun intended. Um, but uh, yeah, the honks are the honks are nice. If it's someone I know and someone that knows I'm looking for honks, they lay it on hard. I like that. I uh, got my first big rig honk yesterday. That was fantastic. Also found a little girl's dog uh, oh. yesterday. Say what? So I'm on Yulupa right across the street from Whole Foods, and these two little girls and their mom are just going going ape poop uh, in front of their apartment. <laughs> and uh, I, I go, are you guys looking for a dog? And she's like, yeah, it's a little gray one. It's like the size of a football. And I'm like, all right. I go, it's back there by the bridge just sitting next to a guy waiting for the bus. So the little girl, she's quick, like a water bug. She is basically already there by the time I say bus. And the mom is like a good 20 yards behind her. God bless her. The mom, the mom took a bit, a bit of a spill. Uh, the, the ankle gave out and then it was the knee and it was a shoulder into, but luckily she was falling with the contour of the driveway. Okay. So it wasn't like she was, it wasn't going to be stopped dead in her tracks. It was more of a skid mm-hmm. than a bounce. She popped right back up. I asked her if she was okay. She said, thank you so much. I'm fine. And then today I'm walking past the girls are out front. This time the dog's on a chain uh, on a leash, Kyle. <laughs> and, uh, and I go, Hey, how's it going? I'll get you guys are uh, happy to have your dog back. They're like, you're the best. And I'm like, they made, <laughs> So yeah, yesterday was did, did uh, yesterday see, was a full one. That, uh, did, now, did you see mom when you circled back again? I didn't see mom. I okay. imagine she's on the couch, maybe hydrating. She might be on the um, she, <laughs> You got to take care of yourself. Uh, these, these things happen. I, I think it mom's was like, it was like a watching a train wreck. I saw the ankle go, and I'm uh, like, ooh, that's not good. She's going down grain. That's going to be hard to save. But uh, it was actually a pretty graceful fall. Luckily for her, Kyle, she's only about four foot nine. Oh, so she's not falling that far. It w- exactly. Huh. Um, it could have been a lot worse. Oh, man. I mean, a lot worse. Oh, mom, wherever you are, just good for oh. you. But just heal up. You know, this this is and whew. and we know that she's wearing every bit of that pain. That pain is so much better than not finding getting out there and find that fucking dog. You know what I mean? Well, I was gonna say, do you think mom that's, feels uh, more? You, do you think she feels uh, more resent towards daughter or canine? Uh, like daughter for just just absolutely I would just say, hit the gas pedal and just I would flying, say, or the daughter. I would say daughter, okay. maybe daughter. Okay. Um, you know that reminds, it's just it's it's too great of a quote. Uh, <laughs> not to, I think you know where I'm going with this, but I wish I would have had the wherewithal. And if they were adults, I would have been. You get your ass out there and you find that fucking dog. <laughs> I, 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 like, I, I knew where you were going and then just hearing you come out of your mouth and i'm so... sorry about the f-bomb but that's part of the quote i wanted uh, to be authentic god that's so fantastic which is really great too because it would it was awesome about all those old sandler movies is like they would always just cherry pick and just find one opportunity to drop an f-bomb and it would be the just just the one but it just gave it so much more juice oh god it's the best well my goodness but we, we haven't even started talking golf yet and I, I, my heart is racing Kyle, I'm planning on going four hours tonight. Nothing to do tomorrow. Oh, my goodness. Well, shit, damn. That's fantastic. So all is good. Now, I have to ask you, Boat. Uh, obviously, all the golf there being closed, um, with the quarantine going on, I need kind of a status update with uh, with you And as far as golf is concerned. Are you, are you practicing the swing at all? Are you putting around the house? Like, what what is your 
your you know your golf life cold turkey absolutely cold turkey huh cold turkey Woo. uh what, what did i do uh boy right when this first started like a month ago i went over and putted at my buddy uh the art hoffman's house he's got a brand new putting green in his backyard beautiful and good, uh good, good time to have a putting green in your backyard by the way oh, yeah it's well they messed they messed it up the first time around and they're like are you gonna pay us he's like i'm not gonna pay you till you redo this thing and he ended up getting it for just a steal with deal and it's there's no more seam in the middle of it. I mean, it is flush. That is fantastic. I, I bet you when this mm-hmm. thing quarantine's over, your boy Art's just going to be just averaging what 30, 31 putts around, just just getting around, just getting it done. He's he, he's pretty calculated, if you know what I mean. Mm. So uh, he'll uh, he'll be able to mix in a five putt to even things out. Okay. He can't he can't come right out of the gates and just have that in the next draw. We've got a couple big tournaments this summer. I don't want to talk about it. But, yeah, that's that, that's fair. Now, but yeah. I, I have to ask you a question, man. As a teaching professional, I... So, all right, we'll give you a little bit of context here. I actually, for the first time in, I guess it would be six weeks, I actually got to play a little bit of golf yesterday. Where'd you go? I, I, I drove my ass an hour and 45 minutes south from Chico, California, to the, the capital of the Golden State, Sacramento, where all of these city golf courses in Sacramento have somehow remained open during all this. Hagen? Where'd you play? I played at Hagen. So I, I've nice. actually, I, I've never played either of the courses at Hagen Oaks before. I know they have the quote unquote Alistair McKenzie course, but I played the other it's, one. Yeah, it's I mean it's big time air quotes. Yeah, big time exactly. I, I played the other one, the Arcade Creek course, and I my expectations were super low, and I was very pleasantly surprised. It was a perfectly fun, and very, very satisfactory like Muni golf course to go play. Um, I've got a funny, uh, I got a funny story about please, no, 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 please, please uh, jump right in. So, uh, Sacramento city was being played there. Uh, and this is when I was a freshman at Chico after the fall season. Okay. And, uh, it's in like, you know, November sometime and uncle Jay lives in Carmichael. So I'm not splurging in our hotel. I'm staying with uncle Jay. And you know, this is before I didn't have internet on my phone. Kyle this is 2001. This, this is, this is like pre Blackberry. Okay. Like the, 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 so Uncle Jay's handwritten notes from Carmichael to the golf course. Well, he leaves out a turn. <laughs> and I call him. I'm like, I'm like, did you leave out a turn? He's like, no, just trust me. You'll get there. And so I'm driving around in circles for like 45 minutes. <laughs> and finally, I swear to God, I, I, my, my parents were kind of impressed, but a little scared of me for doing it. I picked up a homeless person, Kyle, and I said, hey, partner, can, get you, can you get me at Hagen Oaks? I got ten bucks for you, and then that's that's all I got for you. And he goes, "Oh yeah, man." So he, he shotgun, right? He's like, "Go up here about a mile." Dude, he gets me there in like five minutes. Incredible! Right? Oh my gosh, this is gets me there incredible. in five minutes. I give him twenty bucks. I'm like, "Thank you so much, dude." I am putting my my shoes on on the first tee. I go out and shoot thirty two, and they're like, "I'm in the parking lot." And they're like, "Dude, they're calling your name." They're calling your name. I'm like, I know. I'm going. <laughs> Go out and shoot 32. But it was just like left out, left out a left turn. Uncle Jay at his best. That is incredible. There's so many incredible parts of that story. I, I don't even know where to start. First of all, oh. I mean, the, it's crazy. But I do like the golf course. Yeah, I was going to say, well, yeah, but before it I get to that. It was pretty fun. It's, dude, I mean, if you go in there expecting a Muni, uh, it's exactly that. I mean, the course is in really good yeah. shape. Um, yeah. Busy as all hell, man. I mean, that, that's the Good thing. greens, not too fast, not too slow. No, the v- very nice greens. And oddly enough, I was a little surprised because I was just under the impression that any golf course that was still open had the cup raised above the thing or they had the pool noodles in. But 
they, that was not the case at Hag, uh, at Hagen. They but the cups weren't normal. They basically had them set like basically where the top of the plastic was like a quarter inch below the thing. So essentially, oh, so you could have some vicious lip outs. Yeah, so you could still so you could still lip the ball out and everything like that. But if you hit it, you know, with a nice pace, it would actually kind of settle in with like a quarter of the ball sitting in the hole. So at least I think they were trying to replicate, you know, as much as they could, like you know, normal, you know normal conditions but yeah i i I don't know i i saw it and i was it busy crazy busy dude i mean that's the thing is like it nice i called a week beforehand right so we played on a tuesday i actually i was out there you know celebrating uh you know another revolution around the sun for yours truly and and so i was out there i called a week in advance and i was like you know the guy you know answered on the phone i said hey I'm, i'm looking to play golf uh a week from today um would like to play in the morning you know preferably but i can do i can do late morning if that's all it's available i want to see what you guys what you guys have and he says all right uh a week from now tuesday uh earliest time i have on the mckenzie course is 2 p.m and first time i have available on the arcade creek course is going to be 10 54 this is a week out on a Tuesday. Oh, that's that's like Benna Valley ish, dude. Like, it, I think if they're if you're one of those golf courses that's open right now, you you've never been busier because the entire those pro shop employees should be asking for raises is what they, they should be doing. Well, I, I got to say, I mean, they did have it streamlined. They they had it streamlined pretty good. I, you know, they obviously were only allowing one person in the golf shop at a time. Everybody else had to wait in like a line that was designated outside the golf shop that you know had yeah. everybody at least six feet apart. You go in. They have it. You know, they have obviously all the uh, the plastic uh, barriers that are you know that make yeah. it so you can't sneeze on anybody that's working in there. And then they had kind of Jimmy rigged like the the credit card setup. So all you had to do was just swipe a credit card where you could just grab the top of your credit card. You didn't have to touch anything. No signing. No pin numbers. Good. No nothing. So they they did have it pretty streamlined, which was really nice. They actually had a huge uh, motion sensor hand sanitizer at the door that they nice. they required all guests to hand sanitize. As they came in the golf shop, and then to put more hand sanitizer on as they were leaving, which, which I thought was was pretty good. So everyone um, should not have a problem doing that. Yes, exactly. And so I, you know, I was pretty impressed with you know the way they've been dealing with all of us. Golf course was crazy busy. Um, yeah, man, I, it was a pretty good experience. And what, what, what's wild is that you know what they charge you. How much was it? So for us to go out and play eighteen holes, walking on a Tuesday morning right now. Uh, was thirty three dollars, which seems not bad. No, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, man, that's and, exactly what Bennett Valley is. Yeah, I mean, that that's and, and I, I happily pay the thirty three bucks. I mean, for a place like Bennett Valley or a place, it's nice like that, to know they're not gouging. Yes. You know, because a lot of these courses will have a thing where they can, they can, if, especially if you're a city course, to where you can jack it up ten or fifteen percent based on you know right. what's going on in, in that in that climate. Right. Um, good for them. And it's crazy, man, because we weren't the only ones. Because there was uh, four guys in our group yesterday. Um, so my, my my dad actually drove out from Santa Rosa to come meet us to play because he's been jonesing. Uh, and, Cardo. Then had, and then I had a couple buddies um, uh, that live in Sa- you know one of them that lives in Sac and one of them came down with from uh, from Chico with me. And I mean, so the three out of the four of us came from an hour forty five plus. Uh, there was a for whatever reason a twosome just jumped in front of us at the turn. Uh, just straight bulldog you? Just, just you know, as we were getting there, they were walking away from the tee. We were a little confused. Like that was def- that group was definitely not in front of us before. And because the eleventh hole is a two hundred and fifty yard par three, mm-hmm. they were crazy slow. And then <laughs> they created such a log jam on the eleventh tee that by the time we were teeing off, there was three groups waiting on the eleventh tee and a fourth group on the tenth tenth green. 
total time what did it take you to play 18 uh i think it ended up taking about four hours and 40 minutes but that's but the front nine we played in about two flats that's a that's such a win yeah dude that's a oh. no honestly besides that weight on the 11 you would have you would have sat there for six hours oh, th- that's what i kept looking at guys because you know, my dad being you know the, the old man of the group he's just yeah. like he's like yeah you know i don't know if i really like these people and irritated i, I looked at my i looked at my other i was like i got nowhere better to be how about you guys <laughs> <laughs> it's not like i gotta catch a matinee uh, no I, I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly fine out here you know if, but the only thing was i was actually hitting the ball great and so, nice. just you know, the little um, the little layoff was you know the little you know spending twenty sometimes minutes. Sometimes that, Sometimes that's all it takes, Kyle. I, I know, man. But that's that was kind of where I was getting at originally. Is that you know, boat like my entire life, I've been pr- a pretty shitty ball striker. Anybody that played with me in you know in high school golf, you know, would attest that. And nothing has changed since then, man. I I'm just not <laughs> I, I'm not a great ball striker, but I've always had a, a much better than average short game. You and, just got to get the ball in the hole. That's all but, you got to do. But dude, I'm not I'm not sure what's going on. But for whatever reason, in the last like three or four rounds of golf that I've played, my short game has disappeared for like the first time in my life. Like thirty something years, I've never had so little feel. Did, did something happen? I, I I don't know what happened. And now that I'm saying it on a podcast, I'm like speaking. You know, I'm speaking did, into was existence. Was there but... was there a blade out of a bunker or something that stands <laughs> no, out in your no, mind? Like that, that's what's so it, odd. There's nothing that stands out no, in your mind. That's what's so weird. And and, and the craziest Oof. part about it is yesterday, boat. I swear to you, man, I have never hit the ball as well as I did yesterday. Like I, it was like I would say on an average round of golf, like for all of the non putts that I hit, you know. So you know, if I'm shooting out there shooting eighty or eighty five, you know, let's say thirty five of those are putts. So you know, the forty five to fifty strokes around that I'm, you know, that I'm not putting, I would say twenty five percent of those are usually really good. About fifty percent of them are pretty meh. Yeah, you know, like kind of indifferent, like yeah. not very good, like not on target. And then probably about one and four are just kind of bad, right? Yeah. Just just bad. And I don't know what the fuck happened, man. But yesterday, I would say 85% of the shots I yesterday were really good. Nice. And then, you know, 10% meh. And then I think I had three bad shots all day. That's it, encouraging. It, it didn't make any sense, but then I couldn't putt. Well, the worst part is it was one of those things where if you hit the stick – you're supposed to count it per USGA rules, and yeah. so I kept trying to, you know, I kept trying to put the ball through like the. It's not even that much break out there to begin with. Yeah. I kept on no, thinking those greens are relatively flat. Yeah, I, I kept on thinking I was going to be putting through the breaks and just hitting the stick. I swear, man, I, I, the ball died within one rotation of the front of cup. It had to have been seven times yesterday. All bird, <laughs> all birdie putts, yeah. all birdie putts. The ball. Well, at I, least you're hitting greens. Yeah, well, that's it. I played like you know, I putted like shit. And I, th- I think I, sh- I think I shot the second best round of my life yesterday. I, I shot seventy. I went thirty six, thirty eight, and like with no stress at all. It was like the most satisfyingly boring round of golf I've ever played. Just and hop out of the car and freaking go to the fruit. Wow, good for you. Well, see, the thing is, that's what I don't understand, man. Like, why, why zero expectations? No, see, this is what you have to explain to me. You, I mean, since you are the teaching professional, why can everything not work at the same time? Why is it that as soon as I start to hit the ball well? The one part of my game that's been reliable for the last twenty five years disappears. How, wh- because we're not we're not professionals. <laughs> we don't do it eight well eight hours a day, nine hours, whatever it is. You know what I mean? We're for those people that don't play that much golf anymore. We're always trying to identify a weakness and make that not a weakness. You know, it's yeah, yeah. There's not a lot of us that have a lot of strengths, but basically, we're just trying to turn a weakness into a into a give or take. You know what I mean? 
and then we work on that and we forget about the other things. And if we're not improving as much as, as much as we want in that aspect, that it affects other aspects of our game. It's a, it's all cyclical. So I think the biggest thing for you yesterday was probably just zero. You remember mad TV yeah. lowered expectations. <laughs> uh, you just wanted to go yeah. play golf? No, it's, it's all. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's, you weren't worried about, if you played a bad round, was it going to ruin your day? No, it's still going to be the best day of your week. Yeah, hundred percent. So when this is all over, that's how we need to go into these golf rounds. Yeah, I, th- I think you're absolutely right, man. And uh, yeah. Yeah. oh, I know I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what the worst part is, man? Like this is how, like, I for how much I love golf, I wish that I didn't think about it so much because this is how yeah. this is how fucked in the head I am, boat. I'm out there, like all of a sudden, like I think you know on the I love at, the preface. Let's go at, at the turn. I'm even par, which you know for me is does not happen very often. Uh, you and I wanted think that, to hit the fast forward well, button. No, didn't I, you? I, I didn't want to hit the fast forward button. I this is literally the terrible thought that goes through my head. What the hell could I possibly be doing in my golf swing that's letting me hit the ball this good? This seems <laughs> this feels weird. And the second I thought that, I started thinking about like what exactly is it about my swing that I'm doing that's actually making me hit the ball? And all, all I needed to do is just not think about it all. And I couldn't, I couldn't not think about it. I'm so mentally weak, boat. Like with my with my with my high school players when they go off too good. And you know, Bennett Valley's it. Depending on the weather, sometimes I'll you know, uh, Hope said Cal used to do this. You know, you're you're. You're slamming the trunk. Just go auto par in the first hole. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. For a lot of those practices, and and we we didn't do the Chico, but we probably could have. Uh, but Benton Valley is a tough start out of the gates for the kids. It is. And if they get off to a good start, you know they got trouble left on one, two, three, and four. A couple of the kids, the, the better players, you know, they get through those holes like even. And I'm like, you can't go running in the clubhouse. You can't go running. You still have golf left. And they would just get this big smile on their face because I know they just want to just somehow limp into the clubhouse and even one over. <laughs> I just, I love telling the kids that you can't run in the clubhouse. Uh, that actually is great. I'm, I'm definitely going to, uh, I'm definitely going to borrow that because that, 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 that is really fantastic. I know that, that, like, I, I'm just playing just mental gymnastics with myself, and all of a sudden, like, it, fucking my buddy turns to me on like 12. He's like, "Surely you're like playing pretty good oh, right no. now, huh?" And you got a perfect was, game going, dude. No, you you can't talk about it. Well, because no, I I was kind of like, Whew. like he could kind of see me, but he's like, "Surely, like, shit, I'm looking at the scorecard. You're actually playing pretty good, huh?" And I was like, Ugh. and I was like, "Dude, like, I'm like playing really good." And I was like, "Why did you even say that? You should you should you should have just ignored him. What, what, what yeah. were you thinking? You shouldn't even acknowledged what was uh, just. Uh, that's, that's, <laughs> just I'm yeah, so that's far like in my own head. And I, and I told you the story about uh, Tyler when he shot 72 at Windsor, and he'd never played there before, right? And of course, he does it in the in the uh, pro am there in the country club. That's nice. And it's you know all of his all of his. He, I just just gave him my driver. Uh, he had an old Callaway driver with a, just a stiff, so I gave him my R1 with an X in it, and he just pounded it on the range, right? And I'm like, oh god, I'm like, okay, Tyler, here's what's going to happen. I am just going to tell you what club to hit and where to hit it and what putt to hit and how hard to hit it and where to hit it. And we're going to go from there. And he's literally having one of those days where I'm like, okay, right there. And it's just, you know, he's not missing a shot. And we have like, so we're on, we're at Windsor. We have two holes to play. We started on 18 and it's Zuer, Weiss and our buddy Bubba, uh, Sean Stapleton. Mm -hmm. And, um, they kept it out, but then on 16T, I think it was either Zuer or we, we and we've had a few. 
Tyler, you're going to get us freaking murdered at the pro shop when we come in with this score, right? Because it's <laughs> it's one gross and two best balls. And and Tyler, you know, played, you know, drafted and professional basketball in Europe and Boise State and pitched yeah, there. So I, I think he's, it's fair to say he is a decent athlete. So he's, but mentally, he doesn't shy away from when he, when he's got a hot hand, right? As it, which he should and not. So his response was. Well, what the fuck you want me to do? Quit shooting? <laughs> and we're like, no, hit the gas pedal. And so shoot the J. He par- he shoot pars- so he's one over, right? So he pars 16, and the only hole we have left is 17. And this is just a- talking about mentality, right? As far as trying to get it in the clubhouse and hitting the gas pedal, right? And mind you, he'd never played there before. He's just listening to me telling him what tree to hit it over, right? It- he hits an a- extremely high ball flight. So 17 and they're playing the blues. I'm playing the tips and I go, Tyler, it might be three wood. If you push it a little bit, you're going to fly it in that lake, which is like a 290 yard carry. Right? So he goes, no, I'm going to go to the driver. I, I want to make it three here. And I'm like, all right. And he pushes it like 10 <laughs> yards right into the lake, but it crosses at like the 150 yard marker. Okay. And the pin is all the way dead back. Just left of the big slope to the right. Now just to confirm, this is 17 at Windsor. 17 wins with the par five. Okay. Okay. So he drops it right next to the hazard, right next to the 150 stake. And I go, Tyler, you have 150 flag. It's just a hair in you. And it's obviously in the rough. I go, it's not going to spin that much out of the rough. I go, just smoke a nine, right? The guy smokes a nine to like six inches and taps it in for birdie. <laughs> right. But that just goes to show you the difference in what someone who played at the professional that is level. How, like, that's how a professional athlete thinks. Like, but, they're full-on hitting the gas pedal when they have a hot hand, right? Shooters are going to shoot. That's such a good point. And it was just, it was a great quote. Him on 17, he goes, what, do you want me to quit fucking shooting? And we were all like, no, no. But it was like, we got, dude, they ended up taking his handicap down the next day from a 15 to an 8. Yeah. And I go, and I go, you might as well make him a 0. Yeah, right? I go, the best round he shot before that was 83, but he didn't have me. You know, he had me behind him and reading every putt. It was like a 15-footer a breaking two feet. Tyler hit it right here. It's pretty flat, dead center. Dude, Just one of those days. You know what I mean? That is boat. I'm not going to lie. Dude, he had, five, he had five birdies and, and five bogeys. That's the best story I've ever heard on this podcast. So you're telling me he went out and shot even par at, for his best even round Even par ever, at Windsor. And granted, his best round the blue, of his The blue life. tees at Windsor are like, what, 6,300 yards? Yeah, but still, And Tyler, Tyler's hitting the driver literally like 330. Dude, I, I've, I've, I've been a, a, a pretty passionate golfer my entire life, with golf being my main sport. I have yeah. never shot even par for 18 holes in my entire life, Bo. It was it was like <laughs> twilight. We all and, and we we waited. Zur or we whoever said it, they waited until 17. So we were all thinking it. He was like he was like one over through nine, right? And we're like, oh god, we're like we can't say anything. I'm like, hey, just let him play himself. I'm like, dude, the guy's fucking locked in, right? He's a goddamn professional athlete. So that just speaks to mentality of amateurs who are playing once or twice a week versus a guy who used to mentally grind every day for an exterior penny, uh, you know, period of time. So that's just the, the, the moral of the story, Kyle, is when we do have it going, we've got to hit the gas pedal. That's such a good point. If, uh, Boat, if I had had you reading all my putts and t- telling me all this yesterday, I feel like I may have actually had a chance to finally hit that even par round. I, I might I was have thought it home for you, buddy. 
Oh. Might have brought it home for you. Oh. I would have loved backing you off some wedges. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, Kyle, we're not hitting sandwich one ten here, pal. We're gonna hit a nice little pitching wedge there. Oh, but the worst part is, man. Like I just fucking hit the wrong club on my on my approach shot on sixteen. Like at that oh, point, I'm, I'm God, one over. The mental errors, dude. I don't know what. I was, of, that, those are the harder ones to swallow, dude. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. I I had one twenty nine to the stick, which is like a nice you know nice stock pitching wedge. Yeah. And I don't know why I just grabbed a nine iron and hit it and blasted it fifteen yards over the green. I, I, I don't oh. understand what the hell I was doing. I just that's like I, our, I blanked out. It's like our buddy Jordan Borowitz on the third tee at Whitehawk Ranch after a really long night and then starting again in the morning. Yeah, right. <laughs> so that hole is like maybe two ten or so. Um, he hits it and I'm like, sounded good and it's all over the flag, but it comes up like forty yards short. And I go, what the hell happened? He goes. Oh crap! I grabbed my nine instead of my six, <laughs> <laughs> and he was just like posing. Oh, the mental fantastic. errors sting more than the physical errors. <laughs> God damn, that's fantastic! Oh, 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 but I can't breathe. It's so good. Oh. Oh, oh, fucking a. Oh, so wait, before before I forget, boat. I have I have to go back like maybe fifteen minutes in, the, in our conversation. Yeah. What kind of shape was this homeless guy in? <laughs> it was I, I, it was a really I, bold move on I, my part. I've, I've never he, he picked had, up a hitchhiker in my life. I am fascinated. Dude, Bo, he you, was not hitchhiker. Like, he was flat out like he might have left his shopping cart. Um, he was full on homeless, mid fifties. Not just semi homeless, but like full bore full homeless. Full on homeless, just reeking okay. of booze and probably urine. Yeah. Um, I I, I was desperate. I was desperate. I think he made the right move. I mean, not only did you get the golf course, it, it sounds like he f- fired a 32 on the front nine. I mean, what, what, what? 32 on the front nine, backed it up with the, yeah, what did I shoot? Uh, oh, yeah, I three putted 18 to shoot 70. So, uh, yeah. But, I, think, uh, I think you should offer him a Subway sandwich to go out and caddy for you. <laughs> that, 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 would have, that would have been the move. Oh, that would have been great. <laughs> oh, fuck it. Wait, so, okay, so that one left turn, 32. I, did, were you only playing nine holes that day? No, it's actually, but the back the back nine I shot thirty eight three putted the last. Oh, yeah, man. By the way, not to get too specific, but for anybody listening that's played the golf course, maybe don't like the finishing stretch at that golf course is solid. really good, and it's really tough. Solid. It's yeah. tough, man. Like the whole golf course is wide open all day, and all of a sudden you get to sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, and your tee shots are through shoots on all three. Two of them actually require you to be able to move the ball right to left or left to right on on really two. really fun golf course, great yeah. value, yeah. Um, yeah, that's fantastic. No, a, a quality muni. I, I think, uh, yeah, I, I, I'd never played it in my entire life, and I was very pleasantly surprised with uh, with our experience out at Hagen Oaks yesterday, man. It was uh, it was really good. Um, nice. Well, shit, brother. Well, let's see here. Uh, a little over half an hour in, and we have not even touched a single item on the agenda. I, I can already tell you both, this is probably my favorite podcast that we've ever done together. And I, I know I said <laughs> that last time, but this is just fantastic. So, uh, all right, brother. Let, let, let me hit this first thing here for the uh, Professional golf related. Um, so uh, the powers that be in the world of golf came out yesterday and basically uh, said they had kind of redone the rest of the schedule um, yeah. for, you know, 2019 trying to come out of the coronavirus pandemic. Now, um, obviously, last week, the news came out that they had rescheduled three of the four majors. Um, the Open Championship not going to be played in 2020, which is a major bummer. I mean, granted. Um, we're still gonna be able to see one at Royal St. George's. Uh, they're basically just pushing every event or every venue for the Open back one year. 
right? Yeah. So it was going to be St. Andrews next year. Well, now St. Andrews will be a year, you know, a year from next year, two years from now. Um, but they're going to have what's that? PGA Championship August, U.S. Open September, Masters November, assuming they are able to play them to begin with. Well, mm-hmm. uh, earlier this week they came out with the rest of the schedule, um, where they actually had moved. They moved a lot of other tournaments around. Um, some got canceled, but. Um, have you seen the the tournaments that have basically been rescheduled both? Uh, no, I, I had it up. Um... So they basically they moved uh, a couple of tournaments got to keep their original date. Uh, a couple of them were moved back. So any of the tournaments, yeah, that I, they, I got it in front of me here. Yeah, yeah. yeah and even they really wanted to play, you know, that were going to be supposed to be contested in say uh, May or June. Some of those tournaments were uh, moved back. So for example, um, the the Memorial, you know, Jack's tournament was supposed to be played on the first week of June, June 4th through the 7th. That's now been moved back uh, about five or six weeks is now going to be taking place. Or I, I should always say with the caveat, if I don't say it, everybody, what I mean to say is they're hoping it takes place uh, mid-July, July 16th through the 19th. Um, starting in June or the end of June, Travelers Championship is keeping the same date. Uh, oddly enough, the Rocket Mortgage Classic at Detroit Golf Club, which um, they had, you know, they played for the very first time last year, that seems, you know, that tournament got the bump and is now going to be moved to July, so that'll still get played. Was supposed to be right. played in May, which uh, honestly, man, I really like. Great I, venue. I thought it was a great venue. I mean, they don't actually get to play that many good quality golf courses, and uh, anytime you get to see the pros, you know, make their way around a little you know, a Donald Ross Classic, it's uh, it, it's good for all of us. Uh, John Deere Classic obviously gets to keep its date, even though there's no Open Championship the following weekend. Um, That's a bummer. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it it's weird, man. It's weird that there's not, there's that's got to be one of the funnest flights that, well, that's that what I mean. John Deere charters that, to the British Open well, for the guys. That's what I mean. Like the fact that like no, you know, the John Deere Classic is going to be happening, but without you know a flight, you know, yeah. th- th- as, as, as like the grand prize. It's just very very strange. Um, God, I got to be on that flight one day as a caddy or a press dude, guy or something. God, that would be so much that fun. That would be so killer. Oh, that would be incredible. Um, oh. So the, the following weekend, uh, when the Open Championship gets supposed to take place, that's actually when they move the Memorial to, July 16th to the 19th. Nice. Um, uh, for whatever reason, the 3M Open at TPC Twin Cities uh, up in Minnesota, which, don't, don't get me wrong, love Minnesota, you know, one of my best friends from Minnesota, everybody that I've ever met from that beautiful state, very, very nice. Uh, probably one of the tournaments really I just couldn't have cared less if they had canceled. Uh, lot of lot of good buddies from Minnesota. Good yes, Minnesotans. Yes. Love good, Minnesotans. Good Minnesotans. So that's going to still be taking place in July. Good golf there too. Uh, let's see here. And then here here's one that I was actually a little. I, I thought there might be. Well, I guess I shouldn't be complaining because I I guess I would have assumed that the Barracuda Championship, the uh, the only yeah, yeah. St- you know stable for event that we get to see on tour all year. Uh, I figured it was going to get canceled, but they've actually moved it to the end of July, uh, beginning of August. Uh, so a month later than it was supposed to be. But it's still an opposite field event for the WGC FedEx St. Jude. All right. So the Barracuda doesn't get canceled, but still is going to face an opposite field, you know, or is going to get an opposite field event. Although I will say this, Boat, I I don't know if I missed it last year, but did you know they're playing it at the Tahoe Mountain Club now? I, I think they're either playing yeah, it at the Yeah, they're, they're old Greenwood. They're, they're old Greenwood. Okay, yes, that's right, the Tahoe yeah. Mountain Club. Did they play it there last year? I thought it was no, still at the place at Montreux. Montre- it was yeah, still at Montreux last year. It was still at year. So this is the first year they're playing it at Old Greenwood, or scheduled to play it at Old Greenwood. Yeah. That's going to be great, man. Wow. Absolutely. That, that's yeah, going to be that, fantastic. Uh, um, yeah, Greenwood and Grays were, uh, they were in limbo. They were actually done, and then I think the developer came in, and uh, he was going to lose his butt on all the uh, properties there. Hmm. And uh, 
you know, there was a kid from Santa Rosa who actually worked in the pro shop there and, um, you know, they all got laid off. And then, you know, my good buddy, Justin Richardson, he bought a house on the fifth fairway at Gray's and he was like, Oh God, I mean, this isn't a, this isn't a two bedroom Kyle. So he was a little worried about the golf course going under. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, uh, we play, uh, you know, his tournament up there called the Peter classic in, uh, in August. So, um, two great golf courses. Yeah. The yeah. whole Greg or Reno, Truckee, Tahoe. Um, that's big for them. No, it's that's good. Yeah. really big for them. Um, considering they're open, you know, what, six, seven months a year. So that's going to be huge. And I, Old Greenwood's a good, good golf course. I, I've um, never played it, but I, I've heard it's great an things. Absolute beast, uh, from the, from the tips. Um, we played there. Uh, it was like opening weekend, not this last year. Obviously, uh, no, it was last year. Opening weekend, and everyone, all, all the macho guys I was with, wanted to play from the tips. It's like, guys, it's it's forty one degrees out, <laughs> and the fairways are wet because they were covered with snow. Why are we tipping this thing out? I don't want three wood into Evergreen. And uh, sure enough, I lost that battle, and. Uh, they, they decided to do a thing called group skins, which I had never heard of. And I was the only guy to make birdie on two, which is like a 7,000 yard par five. <laughs> I cut a little hybrid in there and tapped it in from 10 feet. Stu but, Crandall really liked that one. That's real nice. And like uh, I ended up losing money. <laughs> I was the only one of to birdie that hole and lost money in skins games. So of I was course. real big fan of the format. But uh, format sounds good. Did, did everybody it's enjoy a gorgeous golf course? Did everybody enjoy shooting 107? Yeah. No, it's like a. <laughs> I think I played okay on the front nine and shot like 39. Um, it was an absolute, it was a, whew, it was a journey. <laughs> that's a, oh, that's a, that's a knee knocker out there. Uh, I don't hit it as high as I used to. So that whole elevation thing, oh, when it's 39 degrees, it really doesn't matter. That is a good point. And on top of Ball's that, man, not going to stay in the air that long. Most Jack Nicklaus courses, for the most part, are, are pretty challenging, man. Like a, a lot of Jack courses are kind he of notorious. Have a lot of easy courses. No, they're, they're, they're kind of notorious for being like you know really challenging. I mean, would you having never played Old Greenwood from a difficulty standpoint? Oh, is it you comparable play to, it. Is it comparable to like a Mayakama? Um, in terms of difficulty. Difficulty, yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Because my comma is not an easy golf course. I mean, similar greens, similar dog legs, similar elevation changes. Okay. Lakes. He takes a couple of. Um, yeah, but you gotta you gotta get out there. The um, the finishing stretch is gorgeous. Yeah. It is. You're literally 16, 17, and then eighteen behind the tee. Just this gorge. Um, it's gorgeous. Gorgeous. Well, I'll tell you what, man. If I get to actually go, if, if that golf course is open for public play this year, boat, I'm there. You got to do it. I am there. I'm no, 100%. it's open. They got they got the thing where you can do uh, you can do grays and uh, Greenwood for like 250 bucks or something like that. Oh, that's right. I, I think I see that on the, uh, the Northern they, California they, Golf yeah, Association they, they, ads yeah. they sent out and stuff. That's on one of those emails they send out. Okay. So no, it's 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 accessible. Okay. All right. Yeah. I think uh, I think we'll have to go for it. That sounds pretty good to me. Um, you bet. Perfect, man. Uh, so. After that, so th- those are some of the ones that were rescheduled. Now, uh, it's not going to be here, but th- so here- here's the rest of the schedule after that. So a- after the WGC FedEx and Barracuda Championship that's taking place, um, the la- you know the weekend where July becomes August, then you have the PGA Championship at TPC Harding Park, August 6th through the 9th. Then you have pff, the, 
none other than that's the, still going to be a hard sell, oh, dude. It's the, did you hear Seth Waugh's interview? Or I, I don't know. I, I didn't actually hear it. I was I just saw, reading, I saw a quote. Yeah, I was, I, I was there reading, not not needing to be uh, exactly. I was reading some of the yeah, uh, the quotes as like well. The product what, is that good? That what, you know, it's the people still will watch it. Do Do you agree with him? I do one hundred percent. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I mean, um, like, I, I'm going to watch it. Obviously, but. I'm, it, like, it, it, Especially coming off of this this shutdown, yes, with no live sports, I would I I would watch twenty handicaps go play that golf course like it was a major championship. <laughs> uh, like, you know, I'm trying to. You think. can only watch so many guys' grocery games, Kyle. That's this is a good point. But do you think that if you know, I, I'm hoping things are obviously better in August than they are right now. But yeah. do you, you know? Let's say that large groups are still, you know, you know, not allowed, or you're not allowed to do any, you know, any gatherings of like a hundred or a thousand plus people, or whatever it is. Um, do you think they could contest a PGA Championship with no crowds if that's still kind of the environment that's going on out there? Yeah, they can. It's just it's too bad San Francisco wasn't in Arizona. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. No, but it's, you know, I think Sonoma County and obviously San Francisco County are going to be two of the the counties that drag this thing out the longest and take the most precautions. Oh, for um, sure. For sure. But um, t- I'll watch it with no crowds. Are you kidding? I I, I will be fascinated. Like I I can't tell you that I'm going to like it more. I, I I'm I'm pretty confident that I won't like it as much as if there were crowds there because you know hearing people's reactions you know is is such an important part of watching professional golf. But I'm you know still, who's all for it? Players. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I could buy a ball one, bat. one one in particular. One Eldrick Tiger Woods? No. No. He loves the momentum. Like, of course he does. Patrick Reed's going to be okay with no crowd there. <laughs> Honest to God, Boat, if Patrick Reed, if they don't allow crowds, I hope that entire street that's lining the golf course, that's like right up there up against the uh, the Park Merced the kind of development that's right there, I, j- I just hope they just all, just old baseball-style banners just, if just, just calling Pat Reed out for just being If a there's no crowds there and, and limited cameras... Patrick he might Reed. rattle. He might rattle off like four sixty fours in a row. <laughs> Tiger Woods, a la two thousand, winning by seven. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's uh, like, he's like, no crowds, no problem. Where do I sign up? I didn't even think about how it actually would be a huge advantage for him. That would fucking stink. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, although I will say this: if if the PGA Championship is able to be contested, I will say this, boat. I think it probably would be the best pga championship in a long time purely from a hype perspective because it's going to get that master's boost of being the very first major of the year where everybody's just been jonesing for major championship golf and that's the first you know that's the first hit they're going to get i if, if it does end up being played the I, ratings dude, the, the are go- going to oh be oh my gosh the golf world is going to fucking lose its mind astronomical yeah um and august it, the course is going to be so good. Oh, dude, it's going to be it's now gonna, considering that no one's been, no one no one's been on it. No, it, it, it's going to be phenomenal. Um, it's like when I was when I was walking through uh, Bennett Valley on one and sixteen. I have never seen the fairways look so good. Well, they're I mean, so full. They're so flush. The rough is healthy. It's like, dude, Harding Park is going to look like Olympic. Yeah, it's I, going to be ridiculous. I got to tell you, boat. I. I have to admit, I uh, got a text from somebody who went out uh, with three clubs to Bennett Valley and played about five holes of golf yesterday. Yeah. Uh, this is not my dad, so you know. I know most everybody out there listening to this might think, "Oh, that degenerate that uh, that you can't be." Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
not 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 Rick Serlo. Um, he basically echoed the same thing you were telling me a couple weeks ago, and are just saying he's like, I've literally never played a golf course in this good of shape, and I've played like a lot of private golf. He's like, this place is like it's in perfect condition right now. And I was like, oh yeah. Even when I was talking with Donnie, I'm like, hey Donnie, course looks pretty good. He's like, what are you doing out there playing? And I'm like, Donnie, I'm walking guy, shedding weight. <laughs> uh, he's like, and he even got kind of like excited he was like i know it's crazy right everything's so full and flush and god all the all the colors are the same it's he goes it's what's great of course it's gonna be great when it comes back what's great is like you know as a superintendent i'll bet you there's a little part of him that kind of wishes that like he could just not have golfers on it for at least another month just so he could get like i mean he could get that golf course looking as good as he ever has in his whole career and he's got to take so much pride in just seeing it be perfect out there we're coming up on a month now they're aerating this week um they're aerating this week, starting uh, starting today. So, uh, well, hey, you know, a lot of the guys that are going out to play Banana Valley for free are going to be very upset about that boat. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's not, uh, there's not a lot of people out there when I was doing my walks, um, but there was certainly some people um, breaking the rules. Uh, maybe, but you know, actually, as I as I said, uh, you know, my uh, you know my father uh, got booted off Bodega on Monday. <laughs> did he did he tell you i saw him out there the day before everything shut down no yeah so i just i want to I, I think i told you i was going out there to try that new acre pizza place oh, you know, basketball I, tomorrow. I think you may have actually i think i think but i just totally blanked yeah and so i'm out there just uh you know work on the working on the lag putting kyle speeds good. everything uh good place to practice and i'm like hey what's up ricardo and uh i go to shake his hand he's like oh i don't think we should and i'm like you know what you're right and that was the day before the poop hit the fan fuck God, that's fucking sad. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No, he he got booted. His uh, actually, our our friend Mike, um, who's a member. Tell of me the, his neighbor phoned it in. Well, no, no I, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know who phoned it in. But so he's out there playing with his friend Mike, who recently got uh, diagnosed with stomach cancer, and Oof. so it's you know obviously it's terrible. But he kind of uh, he sent an email out to all the guys in the Bodega Harbor Men's Club and was like. Hey everybody! Like you know, because he's he's been like the president of the men's club. He's like you know yeah. he's like one of the main the head honchos out there at Bodega. Yeah. And he you know he sent an email out to everybody, being like, Hey everybody, just want to let you know like this is what's going on with me right now. Like I have a doctor's appointment I have to go to on Wednesday. Um, but you know, if I since I don't know what's going to happen at my doctor's appointment on Wednesday, um, I'm gonna go play golf on Tuesday. Like I or, I'm gonna go play golf on Monday. Like I just you know I, I don't know when I'm gonna get to play golf again, and I, you know pandemic be damned you know i i live out here you know i'm yeah. technically i'm a part owner of the golf course since all the yeah. guys that you know HOA, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, own a house in the subdivision or are part owners he's like uh I, they might kick us off they might not but i'm gonna i'm gonna tee off on the sixth tee you know ne- near you know close to the house and uh i wish i could tee off on the sixth tee every time i played there kyle <laughs> no kidding brother damn those first five holes <laughs> damn <laughs> them <laughs> Uh, just hold on for dear life, man. Just try to get there with a with a just a, some a kind of an okay number, and then just try to get to the sixteen less than four ooh. over. It's I, I've not done a very good job of that over my career, boat. <laughs> uh, but and then and so he's like, anybody that wants to come out and join me. And so Ricky was like, well, obviously I love this guy, and you know, I'm, you know, plus I'm looking for a yeah. great excuse to go play golf. And so this is like <laughs> best of both worlds. Other than you know the fact that my friend is you know <laughs> deathly ill. That, that's obviously not great, but. He goes out there. They uh, they get ten holes in there, having a great time. You know, all the people that were not able to actually come out and play golf with them, but are part of the men's club. 
yeah. it was super cool. But like a, a lot of people from the subdivision who know Mike, they were coming out to meet him and say hi. They're bringing out you know glasses of champagne. You know, just this really cool. It was a really cool thing that was going on out there. And then finally, like um, after the fifteenth hole, the par five, sheriff. Yeah. The sheriff is waiting for him on the street. Uh, sheriff. The sheriff is waiting for. Who him. called the sheriff's department? I don't know. I, I really don't know. And the sheriff is just waiting for him and says, "Sorry, fellas, you got to go. If uh, if you keep playing, I got to give you guys a thousand dollar fine." And uh, that's so ridiculous. The closest sheriff's department is freaking Forsville. That's even, not see, Forsville, I, Gurnville. Sorry. See, I didn't even realize it was that far away. That that almost just makes me even more bummed out. <laughs> Who called the sheriff's department? Well, oh mean, my god! The thing is, though, man, like that golf course is filled with a lot of uh, uh, how do, do I say elderly uh, yeah. residents who. Yeah. Don't really have much better to do than uh, uh, the same way at Oakmont. Uh, it's just it, it's kind of a bummer, man. So they, they had to stop playing uh, after the fifteenth, um, and they headed back. And you know, I, my my pop called me like right as he's leaving the golf. He's like, "Yep, well, it happened. I got kicked off." I was like, "Fuck, well, that sucks, man. I, at least you got to play a little golf." He's like, "Yeah, it's good." And then you know, he was at, at that well, point. He's you just, know what? Good good for the sheriff for not not giving them a right, fine. Right. I, 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 that's exactly like when I he told, when he told me he didn't get fined, and I was like, "All right, well, let, let, let's call that one a win." And you know he he seemed on the phone right as he was leaving the golf course. He gave me a call. You just got to get you know share the story with me. And you know he, he sounded like he was pretty thankful, not yeah. you know just not to have gotten a ticket. And it's incredible how like you know four hours pass. And you know so obviously we work together as well. And four hours pass. We call it because something's work going. I was like, hey, so you uh, you still kind of thankful that you didn't get a get a ticket today? Rick Rick Serlo has gone full one eighty. He's like. You know, man, I don't really know what that sheriff was thinking. You know, this is a this, that, that property that, that that golf course is private property. I am a part owner of this private property. I don't I don't think he had any right to kick me off that golf course. Like Ricky, I'm real glad he didn't think about that while he was standing in front of you. That's it. It's like yeah. it could have gotten real messy. Yeah, <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's I mean, that's that sheriff was in a tough spot. Yeah, I mean that's a, it, it's a no one for everybody at that point, which uh, yeah. which kind of stinks. But uh, I digress. Boat back to the. Uh, the schedule here for for yeah. the fall. Um, so this is what I found to be kind of interesting. So what do you think about this fall schedule? Because I didn't get a chance to talk to you about this last week. You have the PGA Championship August sixth through ninth, right? So you yeah. know first full week of August. Then you have one event, the Wyndham Championship, before the FedEx Cup playoffs start. So you have a major championship, one tournament that most of the best players in the world don't really like to play in all that much. Yep. Uh, and then you immediately go into the FedEx Cup playoffs. August 20th, you have the Northern Trust. Uh, August 27th, you have the BMW Championship. Uh, and then, of course, you have the Tour Championship the first week of September. And then, so, you give major championship with the PGA, you know, tournament week, the three weeks of the playoffs and the, and the Tour Championship. You have one more week in September. I don't know what tournament that is. And then you have the U.S. Open. So, you have the Tour Championship a week, and then all of a sudden it's U.S. Open week. Boy, all these guys are gonna they're gonna uh front load their schedule, aren't they? I don't think Dude. a lot of these guys are gonna take many weeks off. I, I don't think so, um, man. But then here, here boat, it gets even crazier. Then that field have... that field of colonial is gonna be ridiculous. Uh yes, sir. But boat, it gets even crazier. You ready for this? You have the you basically you have the tour championship, the one week, and then you have the US Open. The Ryder Cup is the very next week. You have the US Open and the Ryder Cup in back to back weekends if it was the president's cup i think some guys might opt out yeah or at least say they're going to consider opting out the uh, right the right early they, just, they can't but do the it. Ryder cup no one's gonna opt out no one's gonna opt out man I, that, that's the thing and, and again 
I, I, I hate saying this, but we're, we're just assuming that all these are going to be taking place, ladies and gentlemen. So I think they will. I, I think they will. We, I, we have to be positive. Yeah, we have to be positive. positive. But then it's kind of crazy because then, and again, this is actually another master stroke, I think, on the on Fred Ridley and the uh, the members at Augusta National Golf Club. They, they opt not to go for October. They push it all the way to November 12th through the 15th boat. Um, and basically, it allows it so it's actually pretty far removed from... Uh, you know, oh, I just thought, okay, yeah, it's pretty far removed from the Ryder Cup in the U.S. Open. You know, almost almost two months worth. That kind of actually allows them to build back up some of that momentum that makes the Masters so. Let good. them recharge their because that's yeah. going to be a that's going to be a tough stretch. So they can recharge yeah. their batteries, work on some things. Exactly. I think that's and to build it up too. Well, not only you know to build it mean? up, but really, and by putting it in November, they're giving themselves the best chance to actually put it at a date where maybe things might have been cooled down. Where I mean, the, at this point, a lot of smart members on that on that committee at the, uh, the yeah, old the, Augusta National. I think so, but yeah, some, it's, some it's, brain power at that club. Absolutely. Um, but here, but I, I just realized something that I totally forgot. I'd like to think that was Condi's idea. <laughs> actually, Condi's my favorite. You, you don't think Lynn Swan came up with that delightful? delightful I hope they. I hope they both did. <sighs> I mean. Are they the only two black members at Augusta National? Don't know. Uh, I gotta imagine there's more. Um, I think so. I think there's more. They're definitely the two know. most recognizable. Uh, uh, two pretty famous black members. Very famous. Very famous. Very famous. Boat. I just realized something. I said that I didn't know what the tournament was between the Tour Championship and the U.S. Open. I just realized that is not the case because I got an email this morning uh, from the PR company that runs the event. That is going to be the week of the Safeway Open. Oh, nice. So our local fall PGA Tour event is actually going to now be the very first. Um, wild, wildfire pending. <laughs> Jesus. That, that, that's <laughs> all we need at the end of all this boat. Uh, so, so basically, it's going to be the first event of the 2021 PGA Tour season. And it's going to be the event that basically is bookended by the Tour Championship and the U.S. Open. But my, my question to you is, does that mean less does that mean fewer of the top players in the world are going to be showing up because they're not going to be it's wanting? It's never to... been a great field. What? Well, that's the thing. Anyone, like, anyone who's called it a great field is lying to themselves. I don't know, man. For, um, for, for a fall event, they always at least have three or four, you know, top fifteen guys, which I, to me seems like a lot more I than most the other events, right? High grant plan. He got in trouble there. Um, but uh, yeah, hopefully Phil. Um, but Phil, they had uh, Adam Scott last year. They had Phil. Uh, I can't really. I'm actually I'm not going to lie. I mean, I if we get DJ rest. and Brooks and Rory there, then uh, that's a whole other another animal, right? But, um, the, but the thing is, like, so the the tour championship is the first week of September, which is yep. in Atlanta, and then the U.S. Open two weeks later is in New York. How many guys are really going to be wanting to fly out to the West Coast for a for you know for the Safeway Open to fly directly right back to New York to prep for a major championship? I I got to think there's not going to be here's the any thing top, here's I mean, the thing how, how big is the appearance fee how big is i mean that, that, I, I don't know wives of tour players like the vino yes, that's very true that's they true. like the spas <sighs> Gosh, pretty it's a, a pretty really it's point. pretty nice draw you make pretty a really nice good draw. point and actually when, when i was at the i think they, I told, that, they got that going for I, I think i told you this uh, on our podcast last fall when we were at media day last year that's exactly what the tournament directors like listen we we can draw an okay field just because we're not trying to be something we're not. No. We're trying to get the wi- some the wives, exactly the wives this is bring a, out this the is players. A full package deal exactly. Right. The grandparents are watching the kids, and mommy and daddy are going to have a great week. Uh, Dad's going to play some golf. Mommy's going to get a massage every day, and uh, drink some great Napa Valley Cab, and uh, that's about it. 
I, I, let's let's just just call that one a win. Look, we're out of here. Yep. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> so I, I don't know, boat. With, with all that being said, what do you kind of think about the tentative schedule they've rolled out? Obviously, things are supposed to start at Colonial, like as you mentioned in June, which I, I think you're right. I mean, what does that field of Colonial? That field's going to be. Like? be it's, it's already a limited field event, but that field is going to be so ridiculous. <laughs> Uh oh my god, it's gonna be awesome! Oh man, yeah, that, that'll great be great course for two. Uh, so, what, what do you think about this action-packed three majors in, in the fall, surrounded by all these other events that are a combination of the FedEx Cup playoffs and the beginning of the 2021 season? You you like? I mean, obviously we like being golf fans, but the best of a bad situation. Yeah. Okay. Yep. The absolute best. I think it's gonna be great. Kudos to the powers that be. Yeah. Okay. All right. I like that. Um, all right, let's see here. Boat, uh, let's see. Any, any, any last thoughts on the, on the schedule before we move on, my friend? No. Okay, no. good. Good, good, good. Okay. Um, one last thing I wanted to touch on with you, Boat, before we uh, we bring things to a wrap. Uh, this Don't go! <laughs> Boat, like I said, you got four hours. If, if, if we think of more stuff, bro, we can go as long have, uh, as we need to. I have Pasatiempo, the Western Intercoll- Intercollegiate on mute right now. <laughs> There was some pretty, pretty, pretty good players in that field last year. But uh, seems like uh, any names that I would recognize as even you know, uh, Morikawa, Dylan Wu, Isaiah Salinda, uh, Justin Sa, uh, just a Pac-10 heavy field. Yep. But um, the fact that I recognize more than one of those names tells you that's a pretty impressive, some a pretty r- impressive r- amateur event. <laughs> yes, it's a, it's a big one. Uh, that's pretty good. I mean, they, they've at actually, Pasa, at Pasa. What, what's great is they they've been televising that tournament uh, every year for the last few years too, which is uh, I think this was the maybe the second or third year they did it. It's yeah. great. I, Ober, Oberholzer's got a little influence. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously he was he won the tournament back in the mid nineties, mm-hmm. but uh, San Jose State guy. Um, it's just such a classic golf course. It's it's great, man. I mean, that, that that to me that was where I had like my aha moment, where I just kind of I fell in love and I I wanted to learn more about like. Uh, golf design and golf courses yep. and stuff like that. It's just, it's just, it's a very, very special place. So um, with that all being said, speaking of special golf courses, boat, I wanted to actually ask you about an article that I read earlier today. Um, yeah. It was an article that was written by a gentleman named Mike Clayton, who is a golf course uh, designer architect based out of Australia. Um, Does ship duck know you're cheating on him? Uh, well, probably. Now I will say this. I actually found out about. I, I read this article because my other boy, Jeffrey, actually shared this uh, oh. sh- shared this article. So I, I, I can't claim to be so dialed in that I just went to Mike Clayton's blog on my own. Um, but this was an opinion piece that Mike Clayton wrote. Um, I love how you that, just said opinion piece. It's, it's an opinion piece, you know. At, uh, that they wrote that reminds me of the movie Almost Famous. Remember that. So I've only seen Almost Famous. I really enjoyed it. I've only seen Almost Famous once, and it was probably when I was like twenty four or twenty five. So I, I'm not actually not too familiar with with uh, uh, with Philip Seymour Hoffman was like the you know the raw critic, and uh, yeah. he's like, "What do I say?" He's like, "Okay, so they want a story like tomorrow. Rolling Stone wants a story tomorrow." He's like, "Just tell them it's a think piece." <laughs> 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 and I, that totally just reminded me of that. So it's an opinion piece. Oh, it's incredible. Oh, fantastic. So. As uh, as Mr. Hoffman would say, you know, uh, shouts up and you know, rest in peace. Uh, yep. This is a this is an opinion piece, and it's titled "All the Fun of the Unfair," and uh, it's basically a article talking about how, you know, I'm basically going to kind of just boil this down into just a sentence or two, but essentially how, you know, mostly American America was the first place to do it, but their requirement for golf to be fair. 
you know, and, and the golf courses to be a, you know, quote unquote, fair test has actually made most of the golf courses worse. And I'm, I'm going to read a little um, a, a little excerpt from the article for you, Bo, just to, and then I just kind of want to get your thoughts and just see what you think as somebody who uh, yeah. has actually played competitive golf, because I think that has a lot of in, you know, you know, influence on this kind of stuff. So I'm going to read you this real quick here, brother. Uh, here we go. What changed was the introduction of the concept of fairness and the idea formulated primarily by Americans and adopted largely by Australians and many others that you had to be able to see where you were going. The notion of a blind shot was seen as somehow silly, poor design, and something to be avoided by golf course architects at all costs. Bunkers in the middle of the fairway came to be viewed as poor hazards for catching perfect drives. Yet, if the measure of a perfect shot is its position in relation to one of the following, how could a drive into a bunker possibly be seen as perfect? Uh, That two players could hit almost the same shot and come up with two quite different results also was seen as being unfair, and the result has been a sanitization of the original game. Architectural quirks, the luck of the bounce, and multiple ways of playing a shot and a hole make the game unpredictable and offend the predictable crowd. I, being the nerd that I am, kind of, I, I shouldn't say kind of, I do agree with them, Boat, and I, 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 it kind of basically makes, it made, to me it made it a little more sense as to why I like really quirky golf courses, and I think it's just because, you know, so much golf is very, very similar, and that mm-hmm. you, 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 you kind of get what you see, and that when you do get to play a golf course, it's just got all kinds of weird, you know, bounces and just all kinds of unpredictable stuff, to me that is more fun and for someone like yourself, I, a lot of the the very best you know golfers that I talk to, they don't they don't seem to agree with me on this. They, I mean, especially when you listen to interviews from guys on the PGA Tour, um, when they talk about how they don't like centerline bunkers and they they just you know they don't understand why if they hit a perfect drive, you know, right exactly on target, you know, they should be able to hit driver, you know, and if there's a you know, a bunker in the middle of the fairway where their driver would land, then that's kind of not a good hole. Where I would tend to disagree. I, I wonder if if you have any thoughts on the matter. I I I. Not again. I, I know you're not like a, a, a again a golf architecture nerd like I am. So you know the the architects they had to have. I don't know if calling cards, if you will, mm-hmm. um, uh, to separate themselves from other architects. Um, now that just about every golf cart uh, we sit in, there's GPS and, and it tells you how far it is to a bunker. But, you know, this is think back in the 50s when there was probably not even, you know, some yardage guys, it, 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 except for, you know, maybe the major championships. They had yardage guides. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, detailed yardage guides. Mm-hmm. Um, I get what the tour guys are saying going, you know, the game is already hard enough. We're out here dealing with the elements, uh, the weather the greens, the slope, the speed of the greens. Uh, why would there be something? But that's why golf is so great. Um, it's you can't just get up there and bang drivers all day. You know, let's not forget Tiger did hit one driver in 05 when he won the British Open at St. Yeah. Andrews. Yeah. So, um, they're not not St. Andrews. That was it. That was at, uh, it might have been St. George's, um, but that was a strategy all week, and he didn't hit one driver. Yeah. Um, not St. Andrews. No, you're hitting a lot of drivers out there. Um, <laughs> well, but, it's yeah, it's, it's 
like I said, these guys had to do things to separate themselves from other architects. Um, I don't mind it. I, it's it's definitely an opinion piece. Uh, probably it is an not. Opinion piece. Yes, we have, we have established this. This, this is definitely an opinion piece. Probably. I mean, he's. I hate to say it. Uh, in a time when there's not a lot of action, he's maybe really trying to get some reactions out of people. Uh, but that's part of journalism, right? Getting clicks. Um, I would tend uh, tend not to agree with him uh, versus agree with him. Um, but it's like we said, just said it's an opinion piece, but that's why golf is so different than every sport. Well, so the, uh, the, the elements. Yes. And, and here's one thing I will, I will counter with you both. Yeah. And I, I think obviously course conditions and then how special it is, but you know, I think it was just, just our last podcast together. The one before that, where we were kind of talking about our favorite golf courses in the world. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, I think for both of us, you know, a, a lot of the courses that were at the very top of our lists in terms of courses, we've had the, you know the good fortune to uh, to play and experience in our yeah. lifetimes are you know some of the great links uh, mm-hmm. in, in Scotland, and you know he he mentions in this spot you know in this in this article that you know pretty much all those old links courses are exactly what he's talking about is what the game needs more of you know you know centerline bunkers that require a ton of strategy and really make you think and you know have unpredictable bounces everywhere and I don't know if that is the aspect of those golf courses that made you enjoy them so much, but I think even subconsciously. That is part of what's so much fun about those golf courses is that they are so unpredictable. And I think the point he's getting at is the unpredictability and, you know, what some people would then, you know, would perceive that same thing to be, you know, being unfair. But that unpredictability is really kind of just really appealing and is one of the draws that keeps you coming back because you just you just never know what is going to happen. And and, and, that, and that's where I kind of agree with him. The, the, the second shot on 18. Yeah. I mean, he he flushed that. He couldn't hit it better. Yeah, uh, you know, if he lands it a foot shorter or a foot further, it's ball game. Sorry, Stewart. Um, but yeah, it's that's he, he's he's going to get some reads. He's going to get some quotes. He's going to get some people talking about it. Um, but that's kind of a kind kind of a bold take. You know what I mean? It's like, well, nowadays they are they already have those those courses. You know what I mean? Uh, and I don't see a lot of new golf courses being built. And uh, the way the golf courses are funded right now and where the golf game is at, I don't see a lot of clubs spending a lot of money to either remove or add bunkers. Uh, so it's a big hypothetical, definitely an opinion piece. I don't think a lot of it's going to change. Uh, well, I sort of but- don't think it's going to change either. It's funny because in the article, he also does mention how Listen, you know, because of this, you know, basically perception of you know, always wanting to make sure that the golf course is, you know, quote, fair, um, yeah. that no developer in his right mind is going to commission an architect to build a golf course that has these unpredictable bounces because yeah. they don't want, you know, members, you know. No one's going to pay to be frustrated. Yeah, no one's going to pay to be frustrated. But I guess it, I think maybe the point he's trying to get at, and I, I don't know, maybe this is just me kind of, you know, making my own opinion about it, but I think it's that. It's more of him hoping that the perception of golf by golfers changes and that they want to he's hoping that people start to seek out, you know, weird, quirky, unpredictable golf more. And that if there was more of an appetite for something like that, then you might actually start to see more golf courses that are, you know, strategically a little more similar to some of the quirky, weird shit that you see in Scott. I mean, 
is it Berwick or Prestwick or you know the the, the I can't remember because I've never played it myself. The golf course that has the the old stone wall running right through it that you got to hit a little pitch shot over. You know, uh, the, either Prestwick or North Berwick, maybe the North Berwick. I think it is. Like, yeah. um, dude, to me that seems so unbelievably cool, and I can't imagine being there being that many golfers that would play North Berwick and not love uh, that. If you, if you did that in the states, some freaking drunk would run a cart right into it. Well, you know, hopefully, hopefully, he breaks his clavicle and he doesn't come back to your golf course. Isn't that right? It's, it's, it seems like it's a win for everybody. I mean, that's the thing. It's like that weird, quirky shit that a lot, like some people would call unfair. It, to me, it just seems like it would make the game so much more fun. And I don't know, man. It, it just it got me thinking. Like, uh, maybe so one. You of these want days, more, you want more Northwoods? Oh, dude, give me as many as Northwoods we, as we you know. Get. You're a big fan of Northwoods, big time, big time. I mean, uh, yeah, man, that, that's exactly right. You give me as many Northwoods as you can throw at me, and I'm I and I mean, can you blame? Me? I mean, do you think that if BV, for like, just just using that as an example, if say BV, I don't know. For you already said how number one's already difficult enough, but if you oh, yeah. if you basically put like a really tiny, small little bunker on the right center of the fairway at BV, oh, yeah. two hundred two hundred eighty yards out from the back tee, just a tiny little, small little, you know, tiny little fairway, you know, inside the fairway bunker, that basically made it so if you wanted to get there in two, you either had to lay back a little bit and then really pound a three wood somehow or you know hit a left to right shot around that bunker to get to that right side of the fairway to hit the, the green in two i mean does that yeah we've talked we've talked about it before we we removed bunkers out there I, I know. Play. oh i know so it's like yeah no i, I mean I, w- I would love to see and i was thinking about it. it's so wet right of one fairway uh in between nine like it, it'd be great i was on my walk a couple weeks ago it's like it'd be so sweet if there was like a little stream there Oh, but geez. um, but that, yeah, but, just little things like that. It's I think a BV obviously you, you it's do, it, play, it'd like be great if you could do this. You know, you can do that stuff at private courses where you're not worried about pace play, right? Yeah, yep. I don't know. Yeah, is is that what you guys found? I mean, obviously, the more bunkers, obviously, the slower the pace of play. But mm-hmm. did you guys? Are, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I I I wish there was some sort of a metric that kind of allowed you to know like how many bunkers lead to slow because. If you go to a place like uh, like a municipal course, like an Ansel Hoffman in Sacramento, right? Mm-hmm. They, I would say you know probably half of their their par fours and par fives still have fairway bunkers, you know, at yeah. some point in them. Um, but I have no idea how that would affect pace of play, or if they put any you know any rules in place, or they do something specific to make sure that they don't cause the pace of play to slow down. I mean, do, do you think there is a way to have you know like for where BV could have more fairway bunkers and you know become a little bit more of a strategic golf course oh you could but it's it's i mean it's is it just like a matter of just having enough that's marshals not, out there that's that's not now it's it's a money thing uh, uh they're that, expensive that's, to maintain yeah that's not that's not a priority thing that's we need to get uh new irrigation uh better drainage that's at the top of the list yeah and and honestly to me that that's probably the case at most golf courses that mm-hmm. you know a go, a go, a ben Valley. And we've we've talked about this. Not a lot of people are going to go away from the golf course. Hey guys, we got to come back next week. How great were those fairway bunkers? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not a big selling point. You know what? That, that's for, for most golfers. But we've already established this on this podcast that mentally yeah. I'm a little fucked in the head. So, but I'm going <laughs> to come right back at it and say, is it really fucking sad that when I did go to play Ansel Hoffman for the first time last summer with my buddies, I walked away being like, you know what, man? I really love that a couple of those tee shots out there really made me think about what I want to hit off that tee because I had a fat fairway bunker sitting on the inside corner of the fairway. Is Am I am I that big of a loser? No, you're just a traditionalist. <laughs> I'm so terrible. I, I, I say that out loud, and I kind of start to hate myself. It's funny. Uh, all right. But on that note, my friend, we're, we're almost coming to a wrap here. I, 
I, I barely have anything else in my notes, my friend. So I was just going to throw it to you. I mean, we, we kind of hit, uh, you know, the, the, you know, the walking tales and hit everything you got going on yeah. back home right now. I mean, and anything else going on in your world that, uh, that you care to share with our, our, our lovely listeners before we, uh, uh, we bid them adieu this week. No, man, just, uh, I hope everyone's staying safe and, uh, just using good judgment. Just, use, just common sense. Common sense is a, a great idea for everybody right now. Yeah. Stay patient, stay positive. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. All, all right. You bet. Well, on that note, boat, my friend, this has been awesome, man. This has been, uh, you know, at a time where I am, uh, needed you know, this, buddy. Yeah, this just, was just fantastic. Locked, yeah, locked in my own house, uh, getting to talk, talk a little golf with you. Just, uh, not only does it make my day, but I'm hoping it uh, it gives all the folks out there that listen to this uh, exactly. a little break and uh, a little bit of joy, and uh, you know, lets them think a little about it, a little golf, a little walking, a little Let's waving. Spread those smiles. Let's get those waves and encourage the honks. Yeah. I, to those of you that just do the 90 degree judge, the silent judge under your Ray Bans. That's not wanted. We, we don't like just that. smile. It's, it's not that hard. It's not that hard. It's not hard to smile, everybody. It should be a reaction to wave back. It's the common decency thing to do. It's it's decent. Just uh, let's have a little fun, and, and you know, I talked about it with a couple of friends on uh, on Facebook. You know, it's it's the open mouth wave, like where I'm just unbelievably <laughs> overcome with joy, just, just absolute full cheese. It's that's my favorite, and it's you know, it's funny. Uh, it gets me through my walks quicker. I catch myself laughing at myself because I must just look like such a dork but i don't care <laughs> right it's really I, fantastic man i get so much joy i don't care your pictures it's, just, on Facebook. it's, it's, dude, so it's good. fun it, it's it's fun man it's it's like being a kid again you know where you just you're just carefree you know what i mean sounds great just what's the worst what's the worst that's gonna happen you know and i've like i've second guessed myself where someone was like kind of like hard looking uh <laughs> like what's that what if that guy pulls back around and goes hey man what's up with that it's like no one's gonna do that. I waved at you, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like I threw a rock at your window. What? Like I, I, I flat out waved, trying to get you to wave back or smile or, hopefully, honk. Dude, but, uh, how shitty would someone's day have to be if they actually oh, stopped? They must have been you. having just a horrible day. They pull back around, like, hey, what, what for? Why? And my response would be, why not? That's more than a rock and a shoe kind of anger, man. There, 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 there's, yeah. there, there's something happening in the home. Exactly. That, there's an imbalance. Wow, man, that is. Well, I got to tell you, Boat. I, I, like I said, man, the, your your, uh, your walking pictures on the Facebook are, are just absolutely bringing me incredible amounts of joy. And uh, I'm being selfish because it's a lot of fun for me, but I hope it's fun for everyone well, too. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of just a goofy thing. You I know? can't even imagine how much fun I'd be having if I actually was in a vehicle seeing you <laughs> while I was driving. I mean, I'm just seeing you through the interwebs, man. This is it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Oh, good stuff. Well, Boat. Um, Hey man, this this has been a blast, brother. I, I really appreciate it. I know that we've been kind of we've been kind of going every other week um, the last month just because there's been so little golf news. Yeah. But um, uh, I, I know we actually have a little something else in the works. We're gonna be uh, little uh, doing, surprise. We're gonna be doing yeah. We're gonna be doing an episode of the golf rewatch party together, uh, ladies and gentlemen. You, you might not know what that is yet, but uh, we're coming out with the trailer. I got uh, one episode actually already recorded that I just have to edit that I did a couple nights ago. We're gonna try to get ours done here in the next. Uh, I would say probably the next, at least in the next week, but hopefully sooner than that, and yep. uh, have a couple of those for you guys that uh, I think you're really going to enjoy. Um, so yeah, man, we're, it's going to be good. And, and if any golf news uh, should be happening at all uh, be in the next few days, boat, we'll come back and we're going to do another one. You know, another normal episode, like a news-based episode like this uh, again next Anytime, week. Anytime, well. buddy. Perfect. Perfect. All right, boat. On that note, thank you, my friend. This has been thanks, Carter. Incredible. Appreciate it. All right, it's boat. been a blast. You got it, man. See you.
All right. Thank you again to Boat. Uh, a couple of those stories are just absolutely unreal, man. Picking up the homeless guy to help him get to the golf tournament, and then uh, our, our buddy Ty uh, just coming out of the gate and firing 72. Uh, just coming out blind. It's I, I have a lot to learn in terms of my mental game. So uh, a big, big thank you to Boat for sharing all those and having a good time with me tonight. And uh, before we go, I just wanted to remind you guys one last time that uh, if you have the ability to make a $5 donation, um, you can get a new copy of Pacific Coast Golf Guide magazine mailed to you and help the good folks out at Glen Eagles Golf Course in San Francisco as well as the Bandon Caddy Relief Fund. So uh, thank you very, very much, you guys. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. Uh, I hope all of you are staying safe and that you're all well and that your friends and family are healthy uh, during all this craziness. Um, I I cannot wait for this thing to end. This is uh, this has a really been a really terrible um, time for the world and America at large, and I'm hoping that uh, you know through the power of positive thought and uh, you know responsible acting um, that we we can get through this and uh, come out on the other side um, healthy, strong, and uh, and get back to business. So. Uh, with that being said, thank you so much, everybody. Uh, we'll be back. <laughs> I'm not gonna say next week. I might have another pod for you in the next 48 hours. Uh, my boy Andy and I uh, recorded the first episode of the Golf Rewatch Party, as I mentioned with Jess, and uh, Jess and I are recording another episode here shortly. So, um, gonna be a lot of fun trying to get some content out for you guys uh, during these weird, weird, strange times. So, until next time, adios, my friends. Mm-hmm.